This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. There. I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, he doesn't know he said it yet, so I'm okay. going to call him on it. What? what did you just say? What is what is not an area control unit? Did I did I did I have a Freudian slip pathfinders? Well, you said Tauntaun. Guys, this this is just the third marker, apparently. Apparently, That's what we're yeah. talking about. Like, I don't, this is welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion, hosted by Kyle Dornbos, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky. The man behind the glass. Uh, five, four, three, two. Really, Jay? <laughs> Hello, and you welcome. Have to, back. You have to do that from now on. What's that? <laughs> he's got. He's got to wave us in like that. He's yeah, got to do it from from now on. Yeah. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? <laughs> I didn't even finish the sentence. Hello, and welcome back to Notorious Scoundrels. Awesome. All right. Yeah, how's everybody doing? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, excellent. The weather's lovely here. It was 70 degrees today. Yo, you shut your mouth. It is not lovely. It is terrible and cold and it's horrible. Since when is 70 degrees cold? When it's not 85 to 90 or 100. That's cold. (laughs) Aren't you from New York? Yes. I am. <laughs> I moved down here because it was supposed to be warm. Well, it's it's definitely warmer. Yeah. But, okay. you know, we still have like fall and winter and stuff. Now, I left Jay behind in the cold white north so he could freeze his ass off. <laughs> well, in uh, California, it's currently everything is on fire season. Um, there you go. That sounds so, warm. Maybe I'll move out there. Yeah. I mean, come come out and, you know, Live in the drought and the flames. Yeah. Seems good. Oh, and the ground moves. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. That's the part that scares me the most. One day, California is just going to like fall off into the ocean. And sorry, dudes. People keep saying that. <laughs> what for it to happen? Fall into the ocean or just become like an island? No, literally fall into the ocean. Like <laughs> some tectonic motion will occur where we drop into the sea. I don't know. Isn't there a movie with The Rock where that basically happens? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think I saw like half of it. Um, All right. (laughs) So this is the Legion podcast. It is. Um, And uh, we are not having The Rock on today, unfortunately. Um, No, but I mean, California, Alderaan, they're basically the same place. I thought we booked him to sing your welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. All right. Uh, so some quick house. We're, so today we are going to talk um, about separatists. We're going to close that out with talking about Grievous and Droidicus. Um, we're going to talk at the end of the show to uh, Mike Cirillo and Zach Barry from Jetta Journal, uh, just about their uh, briefly about their journey from having no wargaming experience to where they are today in Legion. Um, and then we're also going to do a little hot take on on Jin Pathfinders, which I know will be very exciting. So, um, but first we're going to hit some news and housekeeping. So housekeeping, uh, there's just a one item here today. Legion HQ is part of the fifth trooper family officially. So, 
Um, you can still go to legionhq.com. You can also go to thefifthtrooper.com and find Legion HQ there under tools. I am, you know, that's I am super great. I, I love Legion HQ. It's a great list builder. And um, it's the only list builder I use. And so, I mean, the fact that they're that they're uh, going to become part of our family is just amazing. <laughs> Are you reading a drop right now? Like, what's going on? <laughs> what is Who, this? me? No, I'm yeah. not reading a drop. I just, I just, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> it's it pretty great, but it's, it sounds like a toothpaste commercial right now. Right. <laughs> Seven out of ten Legion players recommend Legion. <laughs> um, seriously, though, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I actually also like Legion HQ. It is... um. It's the one that does those graphical images with like the little pictures and stuff. Um, you can make some some cool looking, uh, some very nice looking lists. So <laughs> Jay has his head in his hands right now. Oh um, man, this is great. Uh, you know, whew, all right. Four out of five worlds invitees recommend Legion HQ for all your list building needs. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Legion HQ is part of the family. It's great. You should check it out. Let's oh move yeah. On. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's let's hit some some quick news. Welcome to In the News. So Clone Wars is officially going to be out this week. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, did you want to disagree? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, October fourth came and went. Yeah. That's a valid point. Uh, yeah, um, but now we're on October, you know, whatever this Friday is. Um, All I'm going to say is that 18th, I have not got my shipping 18th. notices for my Clone Wars box sets yet, which means I also haven't gotten my shipping notice for my short troopers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so you're not. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a little local store tourney this weekend. Um, maybe I'll let you borrow my shores if you need them. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got a gift certificate still from the last tournament I won, so I might just buy Shores. I might show up a couple hours early and buy them and glue them together in store. <laughs> well, unlike Problem Droids, solved. you will be able to put them together in that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But yes, Clone Wars is supposed to be out this week, despite my grievances with everything. <laughs> I mean, I have heard, I have seen people posting pictures of actually getting them from at least from uh, various pre-orders. So I don't know if Cool Stuff is one of those places, and I don't mean Miniature Market. I mean places other than Miniature Market. So yeah, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be pretty legit this time. But uh, don't don't uh, <laughs> don't take that to the bank. Just yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I I do think it is time to start getting excited about it. I'm thrilled. It's going to be fun. We're going to start playing with Kenobi and Grievous and, you know, Furjackas and Barks. It's going to be a great time. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, it, it'll be nice to play it on something that isn't TTS. Um, agreed. Yeah. And uh, I, st- I still only have one and a half droid B1 units put together. Um, <laughs> it's taken a long time. <laughs> uh, anyway, I feel like they're going to be faster to paint than they are to assemble at this point. I mean, you pretty much just spray them down and then highlight them, right? I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, I've even seen people either A, using contrast paints, and they just spray them and throw, slap one contrast paint on there, and it looks pretty good. Um, or 
um, you know, use just like a spram tan or whatever, and then use one of those washes from GW or uh, Army Painter, and uh, they also look pretty good just doing that. So I'm probably going to airbrush mine, which will be equally as fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the nice thing about them is that, like, in any horde army, really, if you've ever painted a horde army, is um, that like they look great when they're sort of in mass and mass, um, which they will be on your table. So yeah, just do, 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 do a little quick paint job. Don't kill yourself unless you're like Sarastro, but, um, that's what I intend on doing. I'm going to literally spray paint them. So, yeah, I mean, you'll lose your sanity pretty quickly if you focus on individual minis, uh, definitely go with the batch spray, one coat of wash, maybe like a stone dry brush, even maybe that, maybe not even that far. I mean, base your stuff, of course, but you know, do something that you can do easily to a bunch of minis all at once. Don't, uh, don't go nuts. Go nuts on Grievous. Go nuts on the centerpiece, the centerpieces. The deck isn't Grievous by all means, like knock yourself out. B ones. Don't well, them. And the nice, we can, we can do a little hobby segment next week on CS if we want to, I totally. guess. But the nice thing about, but the nice thing about B ones specifically is that they have all these like little edges and contours and recesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so they really lend themselves to quick painting techniques like dry brushing and using washes and contrast paints. Yeah, sweet. Um, you know, it's not going to be like a short trooper where you got to paint all these little details and stuff in because they're pretty much just one color anyway. Um, right. So, yeah. Uh, and they'll look good. So, yeah. Anyway, quick painting tangent. Um, I'm excited uh, that, you know, it's possible that on that local store tourney on Saturday, people could be showing up with clones and, and droids. Let's hope so. Because I'm gonna bring a flame, I'm going to bring a flamethrower, and I'm gonna actually use it. <laughs> yeah, I thought about just playing Palpatine, basically like a remix of my Nova list and doing Palpatine with snowtroopers. Yeah, um, but I don't know how many people are gonna actually, you know, a counterpicking in a local tourney's sort of lame anyway. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, bro, many, I'm here to many. win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to crush all the noobs on week one and make sure they all quit by the end of the month. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I know who I am. God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely not looking to do that. So I will uh my goal is to actually have my droids assembled by then. Um but we'll see if that happens or not. Because I would love to myself bring uh you know a clone wars faction of that. Um um, must yeah. be nice to have your corsets. <laughs> well, it's funny. I actually, yeah. so I ordered, I split my corset with someone else who did miniature market, but then I ordered just two B1s from FFG. Um, so at the moment, I only have four units of B1s, so I, I can't actually do anything until I get those guys anyway. So um, I don't know. It'll be some uh, Empire Rebel Jank probably, but uh, we'll see. I got most so of the way terrible through. You got your stuff early. I got most of the way through basing my first clone squad. Realized my scheme was terrible and just stopped. Oh. <laughs> so I got, I got to go back and do all that stuff again. I, I hate that when you yeah. like if you either have to strip them or paint over. Yeah, like this looked way better in my head. <laughs> is what I thought to myself <laughs> after the sixth oh, one. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. Um, all right, uh, so let's hit our let's hit our hot takes. Haters way higher than everything else. Like Tauntauns, Leia's two-pip polishes many a turret. It's not like you can just delete Luke and put in two Tauntauns and that's in that game necessarily. You know it'll be the Salt City because I'll be there. They Dang still it, hit, Kyle. Like, I'm going to sell you on fire support with mortars. So many aim tokens, we can't say it on the radio. Yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> come at me, bro. 
That's a lot to unpack. Maybe we should just burn the whole suitcase instead. Thoughts, Jay? Yep. Uh, the same. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but the best best analysis right here, folks. Yeah. All right, Mike. You got a hot take for us? Hot takes? I've got a hot take. Rebel Pathfinders and Jin are amazing. People just don't know it right now. Blasphemy. Blasphemy? Yeah. You're blasphemy. <laughs> well, right, please, please elaborate as please. to why you believe this. Okay. I am really, really tired of people telling me, Infiltrate's terrible, Mike. It's terrible. My guys just get shot off the board. Stop it. Stop it. Well, I mean, that's because they're doing what I did the first time I used Infiltrate, which is drop them in front of your opponent's army by themselves. Okay. And what about that? Sounds like it's advantageous to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of it. That's yeah. So, okay. There's, I think, I think that this is, I think this is a two part discussion. What you're presently saying is that infiltrate is good, which I fully agree with. Um, what, <laughs> what I don't necessarily agree with is that the units that have that keyword on them are good. Mm. Okay. I mean, that's your prerogative. We can, we can, I would argue that that keyword makes them good. For 68 points, you can have a unit that can get placed anywhere on the board. And for an extra, whatever the upgrade is, you can put a heavy in it. But they're perfectly serviceable at 68 points. I would argue that offensively, they're probably one of the only units in the game that can actually work without its heavy weapon. I agree with that. I mean, I've found them to be... So I played a lot of Pathfinders like pre-Adepticon last year, and in fact, I brought them to High Command. Um, I did well enough with them. Um, but I think I, th- I think Pathfinders, like naked Pathfinders, I think you'll find that that dice pool is just very inconsistent. Yeah, so like are Stormtroopers. I don't know what to tell you. You got to sometimes, you know, sometimes the dice are with you, sometimes they aren't. Well, but with Stormtroopers, at least if you're taking a Storm DLT, you got the two reds on the back end of that to kind of anchor your dice pool. Um, whereas whereas with Pathfinders, if you don't take any heavy upgrades, it's just all white dice. Um, you know, I've had uh, occasional rollouts, like when I've been using POW, uh, I literally had one where I think I got nine hits on ten dice with no aims. Um, but... Just when's, that gonna, when's that going to happen again? Yeah, right, right. Um, more often than not, you get like your red dice hits, and then you get like one paint on the rest of your dice. Um, I, mean, I mean, yes. The thing about it is that like Pathfinders, no upgrades are three of eight hits on average, and range three. Caveated clearly. Um, yeah, which you know, if you're shooting into heavy cover, which most of the time you are in a competitive game, you're talking about one hit. Yeah, I mean, but that's like not that different than Stormtroopers with a heavy or a Z6 with a heavy. Like, it's it's not that different at all. And you're taking a 68-point unit, which is effectively about the cost of those units. In fact, it's exactly the cost of a Stormtrooper with a DLT. So, where I'm headed with this is that Pathfinders are good because you can put them behind line of sight blocking terrain, steal your opponent's objectives, which I don't think enough people do. They also combo with um, the veterans pretty well. Elaborate. And yeah, so um, I mean, you could just put an uplink on them, but you can also use the the um, uh, 
the relay functionality of the I don't even the Mark II is that what it's called the Mark, yep. II? Mark yeah, II I never Mark. use it but um, you know Mark II in and like sorry about the messing with the comms relay in it is also not terrible if you're taking it um, so I just think that there's a little bit more play to these guys than people think you know dropping a naked squad on uh, the middle recover of the box is fine if you've got a comms relay shenanigans to back it up with or an uplink. I like the comms relay a little bit better because it's a little bit more flexible over the course of the game, whereas the uplink um, is not. Uh, I feel like you're throwing good points after bad there a little bit. I mean, I think, was it two episodes ago you called the Mark II the most deletable unit in the game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. I'm just saying that there are things in the game that make Pathfinders better right now. And people are trying to use the Mark II. And if they're going to try and use it, this is something they can do with it. Whether it's Jin or whether it's Pathfinders, like both of those units are perfectly serviceable working alongside it. Yeah, I'll, I'll address that and say like uh, we were we were on the opposite sides of that argument a couple weeks ago for sure. Because I was like, oh my gosh, he's insulting the veterans and i think i said like see at lvo and it was like in the last like three weeks i've been playing nothing but tauntauns and i realized oh man this is such a liability you know because like when you're playing it well i guess at least when you're i'm going to deviate a little bit because like when does the conversation not come back to tauntauns these days um uh, when we're talking about pathfinders apparently um uh you know you're already bleeding points the mark ii makes you bleed points but I mean, I, I'm basically just going to say what Kyle said. Like, I think it's good points after bad. But uh, you know, I've 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 seen glimmers. Okay, like there have been times when Pathfinders are totally ace, but almost all of those times are because my opponent screwed up deploying, or because there was something I noticed mid deployment where that I could specifically exploit with infiltrate. Like you put this squad here, and there's an open shot at range three with Bistan if I infiltrate in this exact spot. Or something yeah, like that, I mean, you know? I mean, those are the openings you have to find, right? Like, yeah. That's how Pathfinders are good. You know, if you... I mean, I, I'm i a strong advocate of slapping recon intel down on top of them so that you can infiltrate, scout one into um, the uh, range three band that you normally can't deploy into, take your shot, and get out. Um, I think that's a great use, and I think that not enough people do it. Um, the, the last time I tried that, though, my opponent noticed what I was doing. It played No Time for Sorrows on turn one and completely jacked me out of that. <laughs> like, okay, it was very I, sad so, for me. <laughs> so they blew that like Leia's best command card fair defensively on turn one. I call that a win. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a win. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, they definitely can force awkward deployment situations. For your opponent and also you know the they only work if your opponent makes a mistake argument i think like even at the highest level everybody makes mistakes yeah there's always like, going to be something right no one um, can cover all the bases yeah right so you're like your opponent's gonna make a deployment mistake um you know some in some situations it's going to be more than others but there's going to be at least one like you're going to have I mean, a decent spot to put them most likely there's always going to be a deployment mistake because at the beginning of deployment, no one has all the information. Like, I mean, 
are some games people going to deploy more perfect than others? Sure. But there is always generally something you can exploit. Sometimes it's not a kill shot. Sometimes it's just, you know, I'm going to drop in close to this evaporator and just threaten that, like, if they go and, you know, start pressing the button to repair their evaporator, I'm going to take some free shots at them. Like, that is what the Pathfinders do. They don't need to be the alpha. They don't need to be your, you know, pivotal unit that you're relying on to win you the game. But they can put your opponent in some very awkward positions. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with all that. I, I think, I think so. I think that after the rebalance and with the, you know, sort of increased prevalence of vehicles and also the arrival of separatists, I think that Bist and Pathfinders have a place. However, the problem with the Bist and Pathfinders is uh, they don't a they're not themselves tauntauns but b they also don't do much to counter tauntauns and in fact they get kind of run over by them um so like if i was in a situation where i could be guaranteed like if if i was not facing rebels and i could tailor my list in advance then i would be perfectly comfortable like messing around with pathfinders and specifically with biston um because he's very decent against vehicles uh you know it's a lot of dice generally that's actually a pretty strong dice pool um, and they are murderous against droidicas, like if you're facing separatists. Um, but like if you put Biston on the table and your opponent puts triple Tauntauns on the other side, you've essentially just like sacrificed, you know, however many points that is, 100 plus points to something that is not going to be super useful in dealing with that. Um, I mean, I disagree with that. First and foremost... I think it's it's just as useful as any other unit is against Tauntauns. People just don't know how to play against Tauntauns. And and I think of that like if we want to if we want to like go down that rabbit hole, let's do it. Let's go down this rabbit hole cuz man, am I tired also tired of people hearing like Tauntauns are amazing. I don't know what to do about it. You know what you do? You take a standby. You take a standby token. Tauntauns yeah. Don't have to worry about it. Like, okay. They can't do anything. They have to move into range two to do anything to you. Like, standby tokens, deal with it. If they spent 300 points on Tauntauns, they probably don't have snipers. Uh, well, um, I don't know about that. You can actually fit snipers I, pretty I, easily. I, I do. <laughs> I do. Sure, my sure. But, yeah. like, okay, so they can strip one, maybe two standby tokens. Yes. Okay. Like, like. Put your whole, put five Z six units into standby and see what Tauntauns. Right, do. I mean the point like, is well is the point is well made, Mike. Like you you take the standby late when they can't remove it. And yeah, you take a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, you know, I mean, like the, if if they're going last with their Tauntauns, like their snipers have to go like pretty er, like medium in the round, right? Once their snipers go, go with the units that you know you need to go. Put them into standby and say bring it on bro yeah. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take shots in 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 the open essentially oh you know what I mean, you know what bistan doesn't really like duck and cover anyway so why don't you take overwatch that's yeah, not the worst right? idea like, that's what yeah. that's that's what i'm talking about like yeah. like there are there are ways to to handle tauntauns that people are just you know i don't know uh so yes, it's a Tauntaun meta. I just, I really hate the, I hear a lot like, 
on the Discord and stuff like, oh my god, I can't take you know gun lines because tauntauns, and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Standby exists, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I find that viewpoint a little obnoxious myself. Um, but just two counterpoints. The first is uh, like there are a lot of counters to tauntauns. Actually, um, you know, if we're just talking about rebels, you got ATRTs, you got Luke, both of which are very popular. Um, you know, so. Uh, but I don't think that Pathfinders are one of those. Um, but I, also, I mean. So let me just back up because I wanna I wanna really drive this point home. They're not any worse than a Z6 unit. No, no, I completely agree with that. Except okay. that they're twice as expensive. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, but but like fundamentally, as a unit, they're like that's not what they're like supposed to be good at. But they're not bad at it. I just no, no. I, yeah, I'm not that. saying they're bad at it. I'm just saying like you know. It's it's not a hundred some odd points towards something that's going to be like efficient against at least if you're in a rubble mirror against Tauntauns, the most threatening thing you have to deal with. Now that said, uh, so point two, just as a, as regard to standbys, um, most like effective triple Tauntaun lists have a high activation count and are are sort of centered around going last first. Um, and their charge range is more than range two, um, and it's almost range three. So unless we're talking about Sentinel, generally speaking, you know, those Tauntauns are going to go last on turn A, uh, and then stay out of range two and then go first or nearly first on the next turn and then traverse that entire distance. It's still a win. I mean, if, Um, yeah, I think that's, you don't get the free shot on turn one generally. Uh, if you stand by it's four red, it's, it's tough man like that's a win yeah no that's i get that i just i don't know i don't know that doesn't feel great to me i mean so here's the thing if if they're sitting just outside of range two at the start of turn two like you can just open up on them uh for one activation i mean you don't shoot at the first set of tauntauns like you just need to accept that the first set of tauntauns are going to hit home and that's fine but you just deck the rest. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to get two in, right? Because one gets in there, you shoot a second one, and then the third one gets in there. And maybe that's, if you have Luke, maybe that's fine. Um, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I would feel I would feel disadvantaged in a Rebel Mirror if I dropped Biston on the table instead of like an ATRT rotary um, for, you know, the rotaries. 20 I mean, points cheaper, 25 points cheaper. They're not mutually exclusive. You can have both. No, I know. I just, that, that's like, if you're taking two to three rotaries, um, which I've been messing around with and I'm actually quite enjoying right now. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, there's like, you also want core. Um, you also need a commander. Uh, Solo Luke is actually pretty good in that role, especially with six command cards. Um, you know, you also need some core, and you probably want still with rebels. You want at least two snipers for dealing with empire gun lines. Um, so once you fill all that out, like you just you don't have a hundred points for Biston Pathfinders. Um, I mean, that's my struggle. What you're, what you're describing is an efficiency list, right? Okay, I just want to be clear about that yeah. because there are rebel lists that work that are not efficiency lists. No, no, I know, um, but I just I don't think the things, at least for me personally. And speaking as someone that has taken Pathfinders at a serious event, um, 
They don't. <laughs> I talked him into that. I just want to be clear. I, maybe I shouldn't take full credit for it, but I was a big proponent that he take Pathfinders to Adepticon. Hey, you know what? Like, it's one of those things. Like, you know, it's hard to argue with the results, I guess. But um, yeah, you did make worlds, didn't you? Yeah. yeah uh, but I, I don't know that that was, and like, I don't know, man. It sounds to me like you're saying you had 100 dead points. <laughs> uh, well, there's a couple of caveats there. A, that, I like that, was in, that, was, that was in March, right? Before Death Troopers, before Krennic, before the tank, before Tauntauns, before Shore Troopers. Um, I think a lot has changed since then. I will sure. say that they did the things I think that you're alluding to in all of those games, and they were significant in winning me at least two of those games you know like they didn't kill a lot of things but um like i I kind of just used them as like a forward high courage z6 and they did a great job getting me ahead on objectives in at least two of those games Uh, i mean so i i don't think you take a pathfinder to kill things i mean that's sounds a little weird like they they can kill things but you don't specifically take a pathfinder to kill your opponent you take your pathfinder to help with objectives it's an objective unit infiltrate is for the most part unless it's on like operative vader um which we can talk about later uh on a different episode or whatever um like it it's there to mess with the objectives you're 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 taking this unit that is there to just mess your opponent up when it comes to the objectives whether it's breakthrough where you're way closer and they have to consider the fact that they have to fill out their deployment zone in its entirety. Otherwise you'll just drop in real close and step right in. And then all of a sudden they've got to either play super aggressively or super defensively. Um, In which case you, you've put them in a position that you want them to be in. You have it so that you have a weird angle on a moisture evaporator or an intercept or their back intercept transmission point. So they now have to dedicate two units or three units to taking it rather than the lone sniper that sits back there normally. Like, um, it just, it, their, their main modus operandi is, is messing with objectives, not killing things. Killing things is a side effect of messing with objectives. And I think that's important to establish. Yeah. I mean, they're there to be a thorn in your opponent's side. I just, where things are now i'm not sure that that's worth what you're paying for them especially especially with you know just the high lethality of everything and the fact that their defense takes time to charge up um you know you're like you're talking about a short trooper shot for example which averages six hits like if you don't have danger sense charged up and you take that shot to the face before you do like there's a good chance you're just going to lose your entire 100 point unit to a core unit shot well, that's why infiltrate can allow you to go behind line of sight blocking terrain. That's why it's good. Yeah, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying drop them in the open in front of a short trooper unit, but are you sure? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people do that. I did some. Well, not short troopers, but I've done similar things when I first started playing them back in the day. But um, I don't know. I, well, that's maybe they, that's an interesting point you make, though, because that then you know there's a way to defend your pathfinders by altering your turn zero calculus right so like why like avoid major offensive because that's a funnel right you're going to get funneled into a corner 
you know, take battle lines instead where you have, where your opponent has to spread out if they want to control the board at all. And then suddenly you've got this flank maybe that you can drop on where you're only going to get shot back by one, you know, not quite so powerful thing, maybe. Right. Or force recover where their boxes are awkwardly positioned or something like that. You know, that, that can be answered in turn zero calculus, but you're right in a straight up battle it is a disaster for any of your white save special forces units to be shot at by anything less expensive. Right. Because that is going to be trading down. Like that's a basic principle we can all agree on. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like anytime that you are, I mean, you don't want to be trading back and forth. That's, that's what a kind of what I'm trying to say in that. Like if they shoot something, they damn better kill it. Like if they don't kill it, you're in trouble. And that's kind of the conversation that, you know, I think you, you were essentially alluding to is that like a lot of the times when you step out of cover to shoot something, they do die. And, and that's because they're rebel troopers. Like, right. That's what happens. They're doubly expensive rebel troopers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to argue with their defense. Uh, it went, when getting shot, they melt, they're, they're paper thin. Um, but I, but I think that unlike rebel troopers, infiltrate is a tool that allows you to put them someplace where they just don't need to be concerned about that. Um, and I think that's important to rec- recognize. Um, and I would encourage everybody to just, if you've never played a game with a naked Pathfinder unit, just to like mess around, it's just a Z6 units cost. It's about as effective Try it out. Just try it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's terrible. I just I think there are other things I'd rather spend 68 points on. But that's fine. Another Z6. <laughs> <laughs> or well, I mean, or rotary or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like let's let's figure this out real quick. How many? What is the cost of 66s and three naked pathfinders? Hmm. You know they do. Well, six. It is, is, is the answer is five hundred and seventy six points. Okay. Okay, and for five hundred and seventy six points, I mean you have two hundred and twenty five, twenty four left over. You have nine Z six units, three of which infiltrate. I mean, okay. Let's dispel one thing here about them versus the Z six, real quick. Um, <laughs> The Z6 does like 30% more damage. Really? Okay. Yes. Is that because of the it's backed uh, up by the black dice? No, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's not it's not quite that high. Okay. But yes. It's it's more like 20. But yeah, anyway, it's quite yeah. a bit more. Okay. Actually, so especially it, considering that one of those things costs more. Um but Yeah, anyway. I mean it's six points. But yes. The Z6 sure. pool is also ironically more consistent. But anyway, continue. I am not disagreeing <laughs> with that. Okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna disagree with the math, but it is roughly equivalent to a Z6 unit, and I would argue that the 20% loss in firepower is made up from the fact that you get infiltrate. I think that's a fair trade. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming. And from. that you're literally never suppressed. Uh, right, because the Dauntless encouraged to, and yeah, I yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, the other thing too is I'm having trouble making lists that I feel comfortable with with six of these sixes in them. Sure, uh, I mean that's that's for also reasons fair. we discussed earlier. Uh, I would have uh, 
you know, <laughs> 66s a few months ago were great. But I, I think that um, if you're spending that many points on gun line core units, at least as a rebel player right now, you're leaving yourself like the support slot is the most competitive slot right now for rebels besides, you know, the character slots. It's um, amazing what a simple point exchange can do mm-hmm. to a faction. Yeah, and I, I certainly like. I think they're in a obviously they're in a better spot than they were a few months ago as far as variety is concerned. But um, like, what you didn't like just snipers. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm the <laughs> poster boy for triple snipers. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, they're they're boring. It's it's nice that at least you have like the you know obviously tauntauns are good. Um, RTs are great. ATRTs um, after the rebalance, and then actually the FD turret also very good. Um, I've used one now in two of my Invader League games, and let me tell you, um, <laughs> range five really makes a difference. Oh yeah, um, it's uh, yeah. So I think the I think right now the support slot is the most competitive slot for rebels. Um, I also think you still need to be bringing two snipers at least for Empire matchups. Um, so I think. At least for me personally, I have a hard time fitting any unit like Pathfinders. But you have a very certain place. I have a very right. I have a very specific play style. That is true. So, David, you're awfully no. quiet, man. You're either going to back me up or you're not. Oh, What's I'm going just on here. No, oh, I'm yeah. just thinking about what Kyle said about you know not taking six Z's anymore, and I was I was trying my hardest, but I'm going to say, is that because you're trying to fit three Tauntauns? And the answer is probably <laughs> yes, because, you know, two Tauntauns are 180-ish, which is what Commander Luke costs. And one Tauntaun is 95, which is about what Leia costs. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of has this kind of has that same effect because you still need a commander after you do that. So, well, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily like you'd rather be buying Tauntauns. I think it's so Rebelists, at least for me. And I'm actually going to exclude Tauntauns from this because they don't fit my playstyle, which I've said yeah. before. Um, start with some combination of one version of Luke, either Jedi Luke or Commander Luke. Um, Leia. Yep. Uh, two yep. snipers. And then um, either an FD or some ATRTs or some combination of those things. And then after that, then I fill out however many Z6s I can fill out. So it's not like it used to be where you're starting with, um, you know, six Z6s and two to three snipers and then going right, from there. Seeing what fits like, around it that's going to stay competitive. Right. Now, now, that said, like, at least for me personally, I've found anything less than four Z6s still makes me really yep. uncomfortable. Um, but I definitely don't think it's a, you know, five or six of to, to start your list. Uh, it, I've found at least when I'm building lists, they're kind of like, you know, I put all my other things I want in there, and then I'm like, okay, and how many points do I have for Z6s? Um, and when I'm doing that, like, I still personally rank Z6s above Pathfinders in my toolkit. So, you know, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not even if I'm not even filling out as many Z6s as I want, I have a hard time throwing, you know, the paths in there. But that's just me. Man, if if Infiltrate was just named Deep Strike, I feel like people would feel a lot differently about it. Look, man, I've played a lot of Infiltrate. It's fine. It's just, I wish it were attached to a unit that wasn't made of peanut butter. Yeah. I mean, part of, 
I mean, it is just not that unit. I, I don't know if I want to go down this rabbit hole, but part of it could be that the board isn't big enough. You know, part um, of it could be that. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you made a, so you're referencing Jin there when you're, um, Jin is actually pretty tough. Um, but, uh, no, I was actually referencing. Oh, Vader, uh, Vader. Our, yeah. our, our yeah, 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 yeah. mean lead mate fighting machine. Okay, well, Rebels, Lord of the Sith. Rebels cannot take a Sith Lord that descends into battle on a time. Yeah, it's one of those downsides of being a Rebel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you did reference an important, just like if you want to play Pathfinder, an important strategy bit of advice, which is you want to stretch out the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you want battle lines. Disarray, like, if I could if I could be guaranteed to get Disarray every time, I would put three Pathfinders. Totally. Um because they are freaking ridiculous on disarray, no matter what your matchup is. Um, but you know you can't guarantee that. But you want to be pushing for battle lines. You want to be pushing for disarray. Um, long march is not good. Uh, major offensive is slightly less bad than long march, and then advanced positions is probably neutral. Um, I don't find AP, I don't find AP don't neutral because of the scout move. I think that makes things tougher for you to hide. But uh, I see your point. Well, though. but if you give a recon intel, they get a speed two scout move. Oh yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I think that's probably a wash. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, you know, you also want to be thinking about objectives too, right? Like you want breakthrough, you want recover, you want evaporators on either side, blue or red. Um, you don't want things where you're fighting over an area, um, because tauntauns are not a area control unit; they're a harasser. Um, they're- I'm sorry. What did you say? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, he doesn't know he said it yet, so I'm okay. going to call him on it. What? what did you just say? What is what is not an area control unit? Did I did I did I have a Freudian slip? Pathfinders. Well, you said Tauntaun. Guys, this this is just the third marker. Apparently, apparently that's what we're yeah. talking about. Like, I don't, this is this is funny because I don't even play Tauntauns. <laughs> Oh Uh-oh. man, Kyle's right. subconscious is just like, <laughs> man, I'm tired. Da-da-da-da. All right, we should probably close the segment out and actually talk about separatists a little bit before we so before so, Jay is like, I think falling asleep. He's already asleep. He's, he's sleeping with his eyes open. Just, you know, let, let the kids talk. I'm going to bed. Um, all right, so let's talk about separatists. Uh, that's in a different. That's not in our hot take section, though, right? No, we got to like leave a space for a drop here. Oh, okay. Let's do that. It's time for Legion 101. Class is in session. All right. So Legion 101, let's close out our separatist uh, conversation here. Have we started it? Uh, we talked about B1s last week. Yes, oh. we did. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. I wasn't here. I didn't <laughs> listen to it. Everything's fine. Move along. <laughs> you don't listen. To These are the droids we're looking for. I'm insulted. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. So let's start with Grievous because I feel like if we were run out of time, it'd be better to have not talked about Droidicus than to have not talked about Grievous. Okay. Yep. Um. All right. So General Grievous is the only commander you can take out of the box, so you don't really have a choice. But luckily, he's amazing. Um, he's what like original Darth Vader probably should have been. I mean, power level wise. He's he's like a fast Vader without force powers. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I mean, he um, obviously is speed two. He's got scale. 
which in some ways is worse than jump and in some ways is better than jump. Um, it's better in that you can use it twice, right? Like it's, it's not a card action. It's just an ability. So yeah, it's a keyword. Yeah. You know, you can go up a wall, move and go down the other side and move, um, you know, depending on how the, the distances shake out. So it can, you, it can actually get you farther in raw distance than jump. And it can also, um, you know, allow you to, to change heights twice in a turn, unlike jump. Yeah, which is a big deal. The amount of times that I've like had to like stop in the middle of a, like a jump move because you've got to jump twice in order to get over this big piece of terrain, Grievous can do that. Right. So in some ways it's better than jump. Um, in some ways, like there are situations where it gets you less distance than jump. Like if you're not touching a terrain, you know, if you're not touching a building, you've got to move to that building and then you get to the top of it and stop. Right. So like there are situations there where jump would take you further. Um, but uh, I'd call it probably a little bit of, uh, you know, I'd probably maybe rather have jump slightly, but I think it's more of a wash than people think it is. Don't forget that unhindered is baked into that keyword too. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like environmental gear on is on all the time, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Yeah. It's a really strong keyword. No question. Yeah. Um, he also has Relentless, which means you can fire your pistol or make a melee attack, you know, at the tail end of one of those. Um, you know, Saber's a grave, but man, that pistol, that DT-57, whew, that is fire. Critical one and pierce one, that is such a good gun. It's very good, but you definitely don't want to be, like, like mode ranged Grievous. No, 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 no. <laughs> You, you versatile don't want to be stuck in yeah 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 i mean his sabers are silly um well, yeah. uh, like if if he's not in combat suppression becomes an issue that's the other yes thing, he's only got courage too yeah so let's talk real quick about how to run him um the most common builds and this is this is my personal th- they're essentially there I, I feel like right now there are two builds for him um the the annihilator his gun i feel like that's obligatory for 12 points it's uh, it's it's saber throw like that's well, all it is i mean like from from like a how how it operates like it is saber throw to grievous sort of i mean it's actually better than saber throw in some ways and we can talk about his gun in a second um because it's also versatile which sure. is a new keyword um but uh uh as far as like command so take the gun and then command upgrades i personally like um, aggressive tactics and strict orders. Um, strict is not only good on on him, but also on all of your B ones. Uh, they don't obviously lose actions to suppression um, <clears throat> because they're droid troopers. But it's a good way to just constantly strip suppression because they should always have face ups if you do it right. And you can also use it as sort of like a, a poor man's command bubble if Grievous is forward hacking things up. You, you know, use your coordinate chain, you can still strip that suppression off with the face-ups, even if they're out of Grievous's command range. Um, and they can still panic. So if they're out of command range, they'll panic with two. Um, but if they only have one suppression, then they won't lose any actions. So, you know, like if if you're late game and you're playing against a Krennic player and, you know, he plays Annihilation Loons on turn five and your B1s are out of command range, you can still use strict, or- strict orders to essentially completely mitigate that by stripping one suppression off and then they don't lose that action. So, um, and it's great for, Gr- for Grievous himself too, because he has his own suppression issues. 
Yeah, and I was going to say it's good, just generally speaking, because your maximum courage in in that army right now is two. So, you know, force oppression is a panic. Strict helps you get away from that. You weren't going to lose any actions anyway. And you're always going to have the face-ups, like you said. So I just can't see any reason not to take it. It's so good at five points. It, Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's that and aggressive tactics on him for me are auto-includes, unless you're running him with another character. And then you can talk about aggressive tactics. But, um, you know, surge tokens are fine on B1s. They're good on Grievous himself. He doesn't surge in either direction. Um. And then they're good on Droidicus too. So aggressive tactics, I feel like, is also mandatory for the core box version of Grievous. Yeah, and I mean, you're regardless of what pip you're playing, you're always going to throw four surge down, tokens down unless yep. something's gone horribly awry with your uplinks. You know, right? So we talked about this in the B ones, but you, there are lots of reasons you want to be running one to two uplinks. This is one of them. So on your one pip turns, you can still set your chain off and hand out all your surges and have full control of your army. So. Um, how do you guys feel about the training slot? What's your are you are you in camp tenacity or in uh, camp endurance? I'm in camp endurance. Tenacity, man, through and through. So if if I, I'm going to hedge a little bit on this one. <laughs> um, I think if I knew nothing going into a tournament about the mix of my opponents or the tables, I would be in camp endurance. Um, because if you end up facing an empire list, you know, an empire suppression list on a bad table, um, you're going to really need that endurance because losing actions on Grievous is really bad. But if I knew that I was going to be on a table with some good line of sight blockers and, or um, not necessarily facing empire all the time, I think I would be, in camp tenacity. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, though it's kind of like, I don't know, pick a side, Kyle. Like, what the? Heck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've run, I've run them with both. So, um, and yeah. I like both of them. Yeah. Well, uh, so I mean, I not to continue making Vader comparisons, but um, I think it's the new. The, Operative Vader is pretty similar, and I found that um, units that are you know melee lightsaber users that range two that have suppression problem or suppression possible issues, it's it's actually not nearly as big a deal as long as you manage them properly. Um, you've got to manage last firsting and making sure that they're not shootable. Um, I think that in a lot of the situations where um, Grievous might panic because he's being shot. You've probably done something wrong to begin with because if he's got enough suppression on him to make him panic, it's likely he's also taking enough wounds to kill him. Um, that's kind of yeah. how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm more concerned about a situation where you've got three suppression and you can't strict off one to get two actions. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, once you're stuck in, I think it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less yeah. meaningful. I agree. And he's, um, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I think I'm probably in camp endurance on reliability, but I can see the argument either way. One important thing with tenacity is when you split fire with two melee weapons, you get it both times. Yes. So keep, very good. Uh, keep that in mind. 
Um, Grievous has a hard time meleeing two units unless they come to him because he doesn't have force push. Um, but still keep that in mind if uh, if you run him with tenacity. Um, also, just as far as stats on his gun are concerned, his gun has critical one, which is good. Um, you can use it in melee. You also can, good. You can also use it to shoot out of melee. Um, so the real question is like, when do you use both lightsabers? When do you use the lightsaber and a gun? And when do you, you know, against the same target in melee? And then when do you use the lightsaber against your melee target and the gun against a ranged target? So to me, the, the, the versatility of the versatile keyword, um, is that you can finish off activations when your opponent feels like they're safe. You know, um, you're like, okay, Grievous is in melee with this unit. He doesn't have force push. This unit's got one or two guys left in it. Like, that's when I think you fire the pistol out of melee most of the time. At least that's my take on the situation. I have a great example to go with that. Um, I was playing against Dustin in the Vader League, and his Grievous jumped into my army, and I realized, oh, Grievous is at range two of my sniper strike team. Well, pray he doesn't roll crit surge. Uh, he rolls surge crit and just instantly 44 points off the board or 48 points off the board. Yeah. And, um, and the unit was previously safe. It was never in range of anybody else, but last first from Grievous, he just comes charging in across the board and just wrecks your face. And he got the disengage from the one pip, right? So he's able to move through my army even further and get the tap out of melee with the pistol, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. good, you know, um, to me, to me, that's, that's like the situation you definitely want to be using the pistol in is there's this activation over here that I can't finish off with anything else. Grievous is going to take a pot shot out of melee. He doesn't have to, to force push anything to do that. He just gets to take the shot. That seems yeah. really flexible. I think he's the only trooper in the game that can do that right now. Yeah. I, I can't think of another. Yeah, because pop lightning isn't versatile. So Yeah, pop lightning is, is melee or ranged, but yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean like, sort of, right? Like, uh, yeah, pop, I mean, it's versatile in that you lightning whatever you're in melee with until it's dead, and then you get to shoot. Which but you, you can't do it at the same time. <laughs> well, you can't be playing how you will die. That's what I mean. That's oh, what yeah, I mean. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, which I did against you in our last yeah. last match. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it in, Kyle. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> um, so, as far as like statistics are concerned, if you're in melee and you want to kill the thing that you're in melee with, uh, because of the critical one on the on the gun, it's actually better, slightly better statistically, if you don't have a surge token to do one lightsaber hit and the gun even though the dice on the second saber are slightly better. Um, you know, on eight dice, you're pretty likely to roll surge, which you're going to, which means you're going to basically get like a full hit out of that, out of throwing that gun in the pool. Um, now if you got a surge token already and you don't want to save it for defense, then it's better to just do double saber. Um, so I'm pretty sure that if you throw a gun in a pool, it'll probably stop working. But yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I don't think that's true actually, but, um, I mean, if it's a yeah. laser gun, it's got well, yeah, 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 yeah. right? All right, laser gun. All right. <laughs> you know, so you're the first one to make a dad joke today, and you're yeah, not even you like, 
Yeah. Yeah. I thought you'd appreciate it. I, yeah, I do. I think that's good. Um, all right. <laughs> Kyle's like, come back when you have kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then come see me. Yeah. Uh, Dad joke off. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's move on. Um, to his command cards. <laughs> let's go in descending order because the one pip is the most interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is it interesting, though? Well, I mean, it's the most splashy. Sure. I think actually the two picks. the most interesting. <laughs> yes, there you go. I um, mean, it's interesting when it doesn't have lose the game printed on it because <laughs> your opponent loses the game. You know? Yeah, sometimes that's what the one pip says. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so crush them, three pips. Um, I think this card is bad. Really? Yes, I think this card is bad. It's so I situational. Mean, it's a, it's assault. It's assault with a bonus. Let, okay. Sorry. It's a turn five me, card. When I say bad, what I mean is I feel like this card is one of the worst commander's three pips in the game on power level. Like compare this to Master of Evil oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Entire Legion or, you know, like like Annihilation Looms. Like this card is... It, it literally only says win more on it. This card says that if you're already winning, win some more. Sort of. I mean, it, even if you've just only killed one activation, like it's still extra surge tokens to a couple things. It's like three extra surge tokens or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's whatever. It's fine. It's cool. assault with some perks that you play later in the game after you've killed some stuff and you get some extra search tokens. It's fine. Right. I, I mean, I follow you in the win more category because that's definitely a situation where it's like, oh yeah, this is going to totally tip an already one game, right? But it could tip an even game too because if you're both down five, your activations suck more than theirs. So, you know, you're going to like play this card, get a bunch of extra surges and then just crush. I don't you know, know. That's, that's probably fine. I mean, literally I mean, says like, crush them on it. So if if this was a clone card, I think it's amazing. It is a clone card. It's called General Kenobi. <laughs> well, that's what I'm version. saying. That's what I'm saying. But like yeah. the thing is that like when you drop five, you know, of these tokens on one unit, you know, you're not going to use all of them. Yeah, unlikely because your dice you know? are awful. I, th- I think. I think. I mean, generally, how you use this is you use this in combination with aggressive tactics, and you hand out one surge token to seven different units. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yes. That's I mean, one it, excellent way to use but, it. I don't know. I just, well, my point being the text on this card, I think might as well be blank. It's fine. It's, you know, it's whatever. It's yeah. It's not, it's not amazing, it's with the perk. but it's a neat perk. Yeah. It's yeah. thematic. Yeah. You know, they nail the fluff as usual, you know? Yep. All right. Uh, two pips, Supreme Commander. This card is good. Invaluable. Yeah, so it gives, gives <laughs> other trooper units Guardian 2, um, which, of course, they do not necessarily have to use to protect Grievous. They can use it to protect each other. Yeah. Uh, that is not really? true, because really? you cannot Guardian a unit that has Guardian. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. yeah you that's, can't Guardian a Guardian. That's, yeah. that's a good point. Rules All lawyer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Killing me. Killing me, Smalls. All right. Yep. Um, okay. Well, it's still trick, but it's still good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. But what's also great about this is you can use it in melee. Yes. That is um, the most. That is so it. good. So I mostly use it like when Grievous is in melee and I've got some trailing B1s 
and this is great in like a, a Kenobi duel because it's it's thematic, right? But you can literally use this to just throw B ones in front of Obi Wan. <laughs> so, yes, for starters, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's less good against Force users generally, just because most of them surge to crit. Right, we've got Palp, we've got Luke, we've got Dooku surges to crit too, right? Yes. Yeah, but they're not going to get all crits in that pool. You're going to have some hits to use those guardians on. Totally. I guess my point is that, like, if you're fighting something else in melee, you're way more uh, likely to be able to guardian all of the hits away with several different units. Yeah. Mm hmm. No, I could definitely see that. I mean, it's also just nice because Grievous. Grievous would like esteemed leader sometimes, and this is a this card is excellent on the turn you need it. Like if you're if you're if you're stuck like in a particular spot, because I was going to mention this earlier, you don't always get to control, um, you know your deployment, especially if you don't take a bid in a CIS list. So yeah, you're going to have situations where your opponent is going to force awful deployments like long march on you or major <laughs> offensive, and you're going to be crying because your Grievous is trying to get across the map. And so Supreme Commander is a nice bridge of the gap kind of card because you just put an order on Grievous and you put an order on, you know, whatever, maybe one Deca and you pop your uplink or whatever, or just put it on the B1s themselves just to move them into range of Grievous. And, you know, Grievous, you know, if you have to take a couple of attacks on the way in, it's like it's totally fine because um, yeah. he's got this Guardian too that's going to help him out. Yeah, so, um, you know, there is no more efficient Guardian target than a B1 battle droid, right? Yeah, it's the most efficient. So, also, just one one early cav or one quick caveat: um, they only have guardian while they have face up orders. Mm. So, keep that in mind just when trying to use this in practical terms. But it also means that they can guardian other units, like if they've gone already. Yes, that is accurate. I just ah, gets okay. a little wonky because they do or do not have guardian based on whether the order tokens face up. Or yeah. Yeah. If they got a face up, they have guardian. If they don't, they don't have a guardian. So yeah. just keep that in mind for this card. It's weird. Um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I messed it up. So I'm sure that, um, folks will mess that up, but yeah, face up equals guardian face down, no guardian. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a super versatile card. It's great for keeping grievous alive on the approach. Um, all right. Trained in your Jedi arts. One of, one of the best one pips, if not the best one pip in the game. Yeah, I mean, this it's 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 amazing. Um, it's not a now you will die, but it's not. It's not well, not sometimes. Though. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's better is the thing. Yeah, it's like it's in addition to his normal attack. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's like a triple tap plus a whirlwind kind of effect that suppresses, like, like double suppresses. Like if you roll up in the middle of like six clone units with this, it's so much better than now you will die. I They're going to be so sad. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like it's like here, take two lightsabers to the face or lightsaber gun, and now uh, I'm going to roll like forty dice worth of you know, uh, additional attacks. Like, ah, this card really, is, is bonkers. It's really good against things that are bunched up. Yeah, what I are, mean, it's specifically... The, go ahead. 
no, I was going to ask, what's the average on the whirlwind? Because the whirlwind is what red, it's red, black, black, white with no surges. I forget what the actual dice yeah, are. Yeah, it's red, it's red, black, black, white, no surges, suppressive. Okay, so that's like two and change hit-wise? It's, it's, yeah. ex- it's exactly two no surges. Oh, okay. On average. Cool. It um, also gives him a dodge, which is nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is huge because block is really good for Grievous. Yes. Especially when you're facing another Jedi because you get that yeah. surges on your impervious. So you, you almost have immune pierce. Sorry, and yeah. doesn't catch. So it does a lot of things. I mean, yeah, it, so. it turns them into Sabine defensively. Yes, for one right. for one attack. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like explosions, but centered on him. So, uh, yeah, um, I don't it's know. Stati- well, it's statistically a little bit worse than explosions because explosions is essentially red, red, black, white, white. Sorry, red, red, white, white, with you know the same number of suppression tokens. But also, generally, Sabine cannot like murder something with lightsabers at the same time right you know this is this is after his activation so it's also worth noting that grievous generally can do this anywhere he wants because this is on the turn after he engages generally um and he's already stuck in so you can kind of take advantage of the fact that he has disengaged this turn and just melee whatever you need to and hop to the absolute best spot you know a lot of times with sabine you kind of have to throw the bombs on like the outside of the enemy army and then retreat a little bit otherwise like after the bombs go off she just gets shot to pieces um but with grievous you're just like "Eh, nope i'm hitting as many things as i want to hit is as long as they're all pumped up so i don't know um i think this card is way more dangerous um it's a lot harder to play around i think I think it's more dangerous than explosions because Grievous is more dangerous in your face than Sabine is in your face. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think it's objectively more dangerous than explosions, but I think it's more dangerous because of who it's attached to. That's right. Plus, you know, like you mentioned tenacity when you split the sabers, you get tenacity on the whirlwind attack when you're in melee. I don't think that's true. No? Uh, You do against against melee. Yeah. Yes, That's but you was... don't get it on. You don't get it on all the range. Attacks. No, 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 never, right. never. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but in melee, but you you get that thing where it's like, oh, I have double tenacity on the things that yes. are near me. Yes. And then I have the you know. So I've seen this before too, where people will they'll put one saber into the target in melee, shoot out with a gun for a suppression, and then Jedi arts in back into melee. So they get the double tap plus they get one thing outside the melee that will now have three suppression. Because it got hit by the gun and the suppressive swing with the with the whirlwind, you see. Yeah. So that's like a super strong trick there. If you have yeah, that's one hard, like like F U in particular, <laughs> you say to one unit <laughs> yeah. outside well, of your melee. Really. Well, yeah, two units because <laughs> you're gonna do the double a, a saber with you know two reds from tenacity plus the pistol plus suppressive. It's it's nasty as hell. So yeah, cool. that's that's definitely a turn where you want to uh, split fire. Yeah. yeah, melee one thing with your saber and shoot something else with the gun. Yeah, yeah. it's a very Sorry. deep attack. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. Man. Yeah, it does. All right, you guys got anything else to say about Grievous? We're kind of running out of time here. He's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's the best unit in your army. Protect him. Learn to use him. Learn to love him. You also, I will say, just real quickly on strategy with him, you don't want to just like dive him straight in there without B one support. Yeah. Um, 
you kind of want to like at least i personally play him a little conservatively the first couple turns he does have relentless with that gun you can peekaboo with him um and then kind of once your b1s are like at engagement range with your opponent that's when you want to dive in there with grievous when they're also dealing with you know 50 droids at the same time so you don't want to that's a long way of saying you don't want your opponent to be only worrying about grievous when you put him in there yeah he's got to have some other threats that are you or you have to threaten him with some other things droidicus probably and b1 yep speaking of droidicus i'm going to propose that we just do droidicus next week oh yeah any, any objections yeah we got to talk about some wheel mode tricks Unbelievable. Things. I just want to keep Jay awake forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Motion carries. Um, He's already got that murderous look in his eyes. Glazed murderous, you know, however. Um, no, it's also past my bedtime. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, any final thoughts, gentlemen? Oh, Man. Well, we've wow. got an interview coming up next, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. this episode <laughs> is <isn't> over. Surprise, <laughs> uh, surprise. That was a sweet fake out, right? Uh, Ooh, yeah. Okay. yeah, let's do this. We're going to talk with Mike and Zach from uh, Jetta Journal, since Kyle appears to be off in La La Land. And uh, this is going to be awesome. We will see you guys after the interview. And we're here with... Zach Barry and Mike Cirillo from Jetta Journal. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are you? Doing pretty well. Can't complain. How about yourselves? Pretty good. I had the day off today because uh, federal employees get that. So um, I, I used to clean so my house. Sometimes, Kyle. <laughs> What's that? You get the day off? Uncool. Do, do you want to take a day off to come clean my house? That'd be cool. Uh, <laughs> I, got a lot of, I got a lot of shit. I mean that, but literally and figuratively. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is going swimmingly already. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we're good. We're good is the short answer to that question. Uh, so, um, but we're not here to hear about how we are. We're here to talk about <laughs> who you are. So, um, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, and about your blog and about your your war game history and how you got to Legion. Yeah, so um, we start, I started the blog, uh, the Jetter Journal, probably about uh, six months ago, we'll call it. Um, I'd never played war gaming before, um, and I kind of went headfirst into Imperial Assault. And then after like four or five months of that, I was like, uh, the scene's kind of dead. So um, I decided to pick up Legion and... Uh, you know, when I pick something up, I kind of just want to go full into it. Um, I decided to uh, just, you know, after a couple months, I'm like, let's just start the blog. And then I started to understand the game a lot more. I started writing about it. Um, as I played more and watched more, the best thing I could like, you know, think, you know, think of is that getting involved with the scene could help me as a gamer going forward. And I can definitely say, you know, getting involved by writing and reading other blogs and listening to the podcasts has, you know, put me into a spot where I felt like I could possibly succeed with the game. Uh, fast forward a couple months, you know, Mike asked me to uh, come onto the blog with a, um, a guest post and we started talking on, you know, off and on, on the side. And then next thing you know, he's on the blog full time and um, you know, Mike, you can jump in here and start talking about your experiences 
Yeah, so I've never played any kind of war games or competitive games in my life. About a year and a half ago, I picked up Imperial Assault with some buddies so that we could... We all love Star Wars. We kind of liked you know, casual video games, but we also like drinking beer. We figured we could put all these things together. Um, played through all the campaigns in Imperial Assault, a little bit of Axis and Allies, and we were about to start the like the skirmish mode for Imperial Assault when Legion was announced and Assault was coming out in like a month and a half and kind of looked like a better game. Uh, so we jumped into that, played on my kitchen table for a while, realized we didn't have a store, and got active on the Discord one day when I was on the Facebook page and saw a note for it. And like Zach said, I uh, went to an RPQ, offered to do a write-up for him, and now I'm sitting here recording on a podcast. So it's been quite a trip pretty quickly. So you guys have um, essentially, besides Imperial Assault, have like no wargaming experience whatsoever before Legion. Yep, none Zero. here. Um, when I picked up Imperial Assault, I almost picked up Legion, but I was kind of intimidated by it um, because I was I never bought... I never like even walked into a game store before. So when I walked in, I was completely overwhelmed. And then of course I've been a star Wars geek my whole life. And I see all these star Wars miniatures and I'm like, what do I do? There's X wings there's Imperial salt. This is what, like when Legion first came out, I see that I'm like, where do I go? My head was spinning. Um, but obviously I ended up on Legion at some point, you know, I'm grateful for that. So, so what led you to Legion and, uh, what do you like about it specifically? Um, so I started to get better with painting and I'm still not really good at painting. Don't get me wrong, but I'm better from when I first started. And I started to, um, grab a model for a painting competition at my local store. And I decided to pick up a Boba Fett, which is ironic because I don't play Imperials, but I picked up a Boba Fett to paint it. And I just like the model itself and the details of it. I was like, this is pretty cool. So then I started watching some videos online of how to play and I was like, this seems pretty easy to pick up, especially with some Imperial Salt and, you know, fantasy flight games, you know, same company. Why don't I hop into it? Um, and, and that's the thing about Legion is that it's so easy to pick up on. Um, you know, the basic rules are very simple, you know, measuring and movement. I mean, movement alone, especially as you know, uh, from your 40K days, Kyle, but you know, moving in Legion is just so simple with the movement templates. Like you can't really mess it up. And that's exactly what you want when you pick up a game is that you have the easy entry level. Um, sure, the rule book is an active rule book online and, it, and it's not, you know, put on page. You can print it if you want to, but that's up to you. But and it's ever changing, which is great for the game, mind you. Um, and it might be intimidating when you see the rules reference guide, but it's really easy to pick up in my opinion. Mike, what is your what is your favorite things about Legion? My favorite thing about Legion is the fact that I can stick Luke Skywalker on a table and charge across into a fleet of stormtroopers without being constrained by a grid. It's just everything that you see in a movie, you know, the entire good half of Rogue One is what Legion is. And to be able to do that every weekend, throw it down on a table and just pull all these great units that as we're starting to see, look fantastic with their models and just mix and mash them together and recreate your own battles for that. It's it's like the ultimate nerd's dream as a kid. It's like XCOM, but better because I'm not sitting here in standby the entire time. I'm sitting here with like a clone trooper or with a droid and I'm like actively running at you. And it's just easy to pick up and play. Like I've got two or three guys that play with me at this point. None of them play any kind of games, but just to sit down and teach them the rules, it takes like half an hour and we can actually get a learning game going. That's fantastic. Hang on, I, I gotta, I gotta go back to something you said. 
the good half of Rogue One? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, I like the second half of Rogue One when it's just nothing but a, an hour and a half long Legion is, game. Is the and implication then, there that the first half is bad? It is not whatsoever. It's the implication that it's better. Okay. okay. I just want to check. I just want to check because we're going to have a fight here if we start talking about Rogue One being a bad movie. Yeah, for but, real. Oh, it's oh, not a bad movie, down. but what's what's the best part of Rogue One, though? It's the last 45 seconds. Uh, okay. I disagree but, heavily, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should caveat that Mike does not watch movies often. Um, oh, yeah, it's about four yeah. a year. That's uh, Okay, so what you mean is the better half. Of Rogue One. Yes, the better half of Also, Rogue you don't One. watch movies? What's up with that? No, I do not. I don't have a lot of free time, so I'm either at the gym or watching sports, and I just don't have a lot of time for movies, and now that's been obsessed with Legion, so I have even less time to watch movies. I just watched Spider-Man Homecoming for the first time now, and it's like three years old. So, yeah. so, so I got a question for you. Um, you guys are new to gaming. You guys have this sweet blog that you guys are putting out articles for. Um it is my understanding that you guys are new to gaming, but you are both qualified for Worlds. That is correct. Um, I happened to play my local RPQ, and I lost. I traveled to Connecticut. Uh, we had a 12-person RPQ. Um, I brought the list that Mike and I theorycrafted for quite a while, which was uh, Luke, Sabine, and a generic officer, which I know... Uh, I will be told that it's not the most efficient list at the time, but uh, it worked for me and it was something that I practiced really hard. Um, and that's like the most important thing leading up to a tournament is that you just get reps in. Um, I probably played about six or like eight games in the two weeks before going to the uh, second RPQ, which was way more practice than the first one. And I felt very confident going into the RPQ, but the thing I could suggest most of people is that when you enter a game, you got to go with the mindset that your back's against the wall. Um, and I'm not saying that you go in there like sweating bullets thinking you're going to lose. But if you go in with the mindset that you're going to win, you're going to make mistakes. If you go in with the mindset that you're going to lose, you might play a little bit more grounded and protect yourself and try to make as very few mistakes as you can. Um, I was very excited to win that. And I'm you know very excited to meet everyone, um, especially you guys. But I think I'll meet a lot of you at LVO. I am going to that. But even even so, it'll be fun to meet everybody at Worlds and, and, and contest for the uh, for the seat. Yeah, so I actually got my ticket down at Nova. Um, I also played the generic officer Luke Sabine. Um, I probably played about twenty five to thirty games in between my first RPQ and the start of Nova with it. So with Tauntauns dropping like the week before Nova, I figured I would take something I'm experienced with and try and catch some people off guard. Um, I ran into nine Tauntauns in three game in four games, so it definitely happened. Uh, Kyle, that's probably why you didn't play any triple lists. <laughs> but then you shit stomped me in the semifinals, and I ended up taking what third place and getting the invite that way. <laughs> shit stomped <laughs> is a little bit of a uh, of an overstatement, I think. But uh, yeah, we played in the semifinal. Um, but uh, yeah, the top four got invites, and you know, it was it was obviously um, an impressive slog for you to to get to that point. So. Um, it was brutal. It, that was not fun to go through at all. <laughs> yeah, you played triple tauntauns what three times? Three consecutive games. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and then walked into palp afterwards. Oh, 
Uh, Even worse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I forgot how that worked. I was used to charging into some headlong furry animals, and then all of a sudden I charged headlong in the palp and met snowtroopers, IRG, and lightning. Did you forget that given your anger existed? Uh, No, I forgot that pull the strings existed, and then I got an entire Officer Z6 flamed on turn one, and at that point it went downhill. Oh, that's super gross. I think it was was turn two, but yeah, it was early. Um, Yeah, it was right up against that little rock cliff on the right side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was was turn two, but yeah, uh, (laughs) the snows were pretty good that game. Um, (laughs) Yeah, to put it lightly. Yeah. that's how they go though, right? We've talked about this before. They either like die immediately or they kill four units by themselves. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about our Nova game. Um, but, uh, do you guys want to just talk about like what you're like, as, as you've kind of transitioned from, you know, just getting into the game to like more competitive players, what your time commitment has been like. And if you have, um, sort of any general advice, for other players um, maybe looking to do that same thing? The first advice that I want to give and I give to everyone that asks me is that the Facebook is good to, you know, interact with and get yourself into the door. But the best thing you can do is join the Discord. Um, I know a lot of people talk about it and it probably seems like we're all crazy. But, I mean, we go on there daily. We talk about Legion. And there's all sorts of channels that you can filter through, competitive, not competitive, um, you know, it, it gets a little overwhelming when you first start on the Discord. I remember when I first joined the Discord, I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And then now, you know, nine months later, I'm actually an admin on the uh, Discord. And I can't recommend it enough if you're really trying to get into this game competitively. Um, there's just great conversations all day long with uh, a lot of the names that you recognize. And um, it's just really good thing to do. And it, it helps you learn from the game, believe it or not, like the rules discussion and stuff like that and strategy talk on there can just really help you as a player. And I really recommend watching uh, Invader League games or any kind of game streamed, especially, um, you know, from like Endless and like, you know, Talk Plight when they're streaming. It's like in Kingsley, of course, you know, could always sit here and talk about Kingsley and his streaming. Um, But those games can help you so much because you're watching from like an overhead and it can give you so much insight of what you want to do with certain things that maybe you don't know uh, what you want to do. And just get your foot into the door that much easier. And once you do get your foot in the door there, just don't be afraid to talk to people. Um, I just messaged Zach out of the blue asking to do the guest post. So he answered me. We got onto the blog. You know, if you don't necessarily need to do that, if you have a general question, just ask somebody. Put it in the general channel. If you see a bigger name that comes through and, you know, has a comment, feel free to reply to it. Like, we're all here to talk. No one's here to say something and then disappear because they don't want to talk to you because you're a new person. Like we have a we have a pretty welcoming community for the most point for the most part, and uh, some of us like to talk to a fault. So just take advantage of that. Everyone's full of information, and you can always get all these great ideas, put them together, and then put your own twist on it. So, um, what are you guys looking forward to with the Clone Wars release, and why? You know, for a while, I said, and, and Mike can attest to this, I said I was never going to put my Rebels down. I love Luke Skywalker. Um, but I, I, I can tell you this, after playing with clones in Invader League, uh, I've got red dice fever. I don't know if I can put the clones down. Uh, it's more than that, of course. Um, the clones faction, you know, um, is just going to be a lot of fun. The token sharing is just... 
it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's just crazy that you can like take an aim and move with one unit and keep them out of line of sight and just pass the aim over or take a standby. There's just a lot of things you can do with them. That's just completely different to the other factions. And as much as I love my rebels and as much as I love Luke Skywalker, I just, I think I'm going to stick with the clones going forward for a while. So I have actually downgraded my defense as a rebel. Um, I'm going to be diving headlong into the CIS and just deciding to wing everything. But I'm a huge Count Dooku fan. Um, I love Sith Lords. I don't really play Empire, so I don't get a chance to use Vader or Palpatine. But uh, Dooku seems to be calling my name, so I will most likely be diving into that. And the trying to find ways to avoid clone standbys because they are brutally difficult to deal with. Yeah, we could do a full episode about that because um, they can share them. Um, yeah. Um, well, at least when you're downgrading your save, you're you're when you fail that save, you're only losing a six point model instead of a ten point one. It feels pretty good. And plus, I've got what two more of them per squad, so yeah, who really cares? Yeah, the amount of bodies you put on the table with see uh, with the uh, um, separatists is just crazy. I played against uh, Deco Puma a couple weeks ago and. Uh, it just, the amount of models on the table is just crazy. It's like, <laughs> it takes like a whole extra like minute just to like cohere them. So you guys are both doing Invader League, right? Yes, we are. Yeah. How, how are you doing so far? Any, any highlights from your experience that you want to, um, you know, either a use to plug Invader League or just be are like helpful anecdotes for people trying to get into the competitive scene? I will absolutely plug Invader League, um, as I think we have, what, four judges on this podcast right now? <laughs> so everyone get out there, watch Invader League. Um, I'm doing okay so far. Um, I've played three games. I'm two and one. Ended up beating two Republic lists and falling to an Empire one. Ran into a double heavy list, and uh, it ate my Tauntauns alive. Um, I really had no answer to an ATST and a tank. But um, it's pretty cool. Get a chance to go on some streams. I know... Uh, Endless, you've got some good ones that go, what, two times a week at this point? Yeah, we're and, in the two times a week range, yeah. And all the maps just look gorgeous. I think uh, Nerfly and Alice have done a phenomenal job of actually building them, giving a theme to them. When you sit down, sit down on the Felucia table, like you feel like you're in the movie, like you're about to go shoot your commander with your clone trooper rifle, you know, get your DC ready. But uh, everything just looks and feels fantastic. There's crash T-47s around, and there's some really high-level play. Um, we're going through the group stages right now, so you now we've got 144 people, I think. Yep. So it's a pretty good mix of people that are newer to the game, people that have been around for a while, and um, it's just it's cool to see new faces pop up in the community and new people make their names. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in the group of death with David. Yeah, uh, yeah, you are. It's uh, it's uh, it's been quite interesting. Um. I knew that uh, Deco Puma, who's uh, Dustin Ferran, I believe. I knew he was a pretty good, pretty solid player. I never played him. Um, my one word of advice is that if you're playing against uh, the Separatists and they have Droidikas on Breakthrough, uh, don't ignore them because then they'll just wheel mode on you. Um, but then again, you know, uh, focusing down General Grievous is never a bad idea either. Um, David, he uh, handed me my lunch with Triple Tauntauns uh, about last week, I'd say. And, uh, but I did, I did manage to pull out a win the other night with, uh, the Republic against the, uh, triple Tauntaun list on hop. So, um, just trying to, I'm honestly just taking this, uh, season of invader league to just get early reps in with, uh, the Republic and, um, try and learn the ins and outs of the clones and how they best function and stuff like that. 
just want to take a, a, a second to just plug your blog and tell people, um, you know, what sorts of things they can find on it and where they can find uh, find it. Sure. Yeah. The, uh, the general general started off, uh, with some beginner posts and you can find that like, uh, I kind of broke down like units, very simple and helped me get into the game a lot more competitive and helps you understand a lot more ins and outs when you start reading the cards and thinking about how you can formulate words about them. Um, but now that Mike hopped on him and I really started to go more towards like the intermediate player, maybe a little bit advanced. Um, you know, as we grow with the game, you know, the blog kind of grows with us. Um, we try to keep it to once a week. We're in a bit of a lull right now. Um, I think that has a lot to do with Clone Wars, just waiting for them to come out and stuff like that. But we try to keep it on like a Wednesday or like a Friday drop, depending on uh, what kind of fantasy flight uh, news pops out. Like if a po- post comes up from Fantasy Flight, we'll we're like, ah, let's not come back. That will drop this another day or something like that. But uh, um, this week, I'm probably going to try and put down something about the uh, – republic and how you kind of need to be like three or four steps ahead in thinking with the republic just because you got to set up token sharing and and some fire supports and stuff like that but uh we should be looking forward to that this week and i think mike uh will probably be cooking up some uh separatist stuff soon yeah, I, I can think, give right? it my best shot something in the pan not 100 percent sure we'll probably go off some token some token uh, like order passing go ahead and you know advantages and disadvantages of one up uplink versus two uplinks and different ways we want to cohere them around the table you know stuff that people need to be aware of if they want to walk into a tournament with a very limited army you've only got a number of tools to make sure they're as sharp as possible we just really want to keep it uh you know accessible at at, at, at most levels I, I we try not to go too deep onto the uh topic it, it happens from time to time though you can kind of just sit there and start typing it up and get lost into what you're thinking. I'm sure you guys know all about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where's that short trooper article, Kyle? 4,700 words <laughs> down the line. <laughs> I think it's at about 4,000. Right <laughs> um, I cannot seem to write a short one. So there's a lot um, to say. Yeah. There's a lot to say. There is a lot to say. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to hit? Um, it's just, uh, if you want to do want to visit our website, it's, uh, the Jetta journal.blog. So feel free to come on over. Um, we did just redesign it a little bit, so, um, we should have everything organized into these nice drop down arrows. Um, we've got a strategy topic, different faction topics, unit breakdowns. So hopefully that helps you guys find what you're looking for. If you do have any questions, um, as Zach has said, we're both on the discord as ghost walking parentheses, Mike plus a whole bunch of letters afterwards. And then Grand Admiral Thrawn for Zach. Um, both of us have the Jetta Journal tag, so you can find us quickly. Feel free to send us a message, a link, or anything if you can't find it. Be happy to help you. Absolutely. All right, well, thanks, guys, um, for coming on. It was, uh, it was a pleasure, and um, good luck uh, with, with your blog. I love your articles. So um, look forward to the next one. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. It's always great to be here. Well, that was our interview with Zach Barry and Mike Cirillo from the Jetta Journal. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we sign off here? It's It's been a long cast. It's been a fun cast. I look <laughs> forward to seeing you all next week. Adios. Well, the crickets agree with you. So for Notorious Scoundrels, my name is David. And I'm Mike. I'm Kyle. We'll see you next time. Stay fresh, Gene. Join us next week for another episode of The Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.